0: You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for January 2nd, 2022, the second Sunday after Christmas. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Dr. Justin Crisp. It's based on Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. I'm just back from a week on the West Coast with Jules' family, and we had an absolutely marvelous time, in no small part because of our two-year-old nephew, Jackson who many of you know because you are in um, warmer weather, devoted to the 9 o'clock service, and Jackson is the little kid who sits underneath the flagpole with Jewel and his parents, Josh and Kathleen. Jackson is really exceptional. Now, I know that everybody who has a kid in their life believes that their kid is exceptional, but I'm telling you, my kid really is. It's loads of fun to see Jackson learn our world. That's what's so exceptional about him to me. On our trip, he had ice cream for the very first time. Hard to believe that he waited until he was two years old to have ice cream, but it was really something to watch. As Jackson often does when he experiences something for the first time, he didn't look like he knew what to make of it at first. He kind of took a lick and then he stared off into space and just thought about it. Hmm. <laughs> and then he would take another lick and then he would think about it again. And then another one and another one and another one. And the intervals got shorter and shorter and shorter between the licks until finally he scarfed down all of the chocolate and moved on to his mother's mint chocolate chip. The boy has the right idea. So Jackson is a little kid learning the world and doing so not in frustration or fear, but in. A spirit of discovery and patience, real curiosity. And this, I think, makes him a pretty good icon of what it means to ponder something in one's heart. In our gospel lesson this morning, this is said of Mary. And Mary and Joseph have taken Jesus, now 12 years old, to Jerusalem for the festival of The Passover. Unknown to them, Jesus has stayed behind in Jerusalem when they left for home. They assumed that he was among their family, friends, and neighbors in the caravan that was going back to Nazareth. And when they can't find him, they're forced to search for him in the city of Jerusalem for three whole days, right? There were no, I mean, there was no find my iPhone, which for many people is find my kid, right? Uh, There's nothing like that. They had to search the city for three days until they finally found Jesus in the temple, seated among the scholars and the scribes, who are all fawning over his prodigious religious knowledge. Mary chastises Jesus for this, for losing track of them, for staying behind. To which Jesus responds, "Why were you searching for me at all?" Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? You didn't even have to look or guess. This is where I was going to be. And the text says that Mary and Joseph did not understand what Jesus said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And I love that. It's as though the author of Luke has to reassure Luke's readers that um, (laughs) Jesus was a well-behaved kid, even though he stayed behind. (laughs) In Jerusalem when his parents headed off to Nazareth obedient or otherwise the text says his mother treasured all these things in her heart and not for the first time the first time Luke says this of Mary is actually when the shepherds come to the manger soon after Jesus was born Luke says that the shepherds came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger And when they had seen it, they made known the saying which was told them concerning this child. The saying given them by the angel of the Lord who appeared to them while they were keeping watch over their flock by night. Which was as you will remember, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So this is what the shepherds have shared with Mary and Joseph. And all those that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds, the text says. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So everyone else who hears the shepherd's news wonders at these things, while Mary keeps them and ponders them in her heart. Here at the manger, in verse 19 of Luke's second chapter, Mary ponders in our reading today from verse 51 of the same chapter of Luke, Mary treasures, but in each case, what Mary's doing is she's storing up things which she does not fully understand in her heart. She doesn't grow frustrated with the fact that she doesn't understand. She doesn't grow frustrated with herself, nor does she take out her frustration on others around her. She doesn't castigate Joseph, for instance, for being an idiot. Or for, doesn't blame him for leaving Jesus behind or for how the, you know, they got this 12 year old who's smarting off to them about God being his father. Nor does she, nor does she castigate Jesus, tell him to explain himself more plainly to his mom, be less disrespectful, less uppity. She just keeps to things she doesn't fully understand in her heart and awaits for their meaning to be revealed to her in the fullness of time. Mary is patient with herself and patient with God. And she treats the mystery of her son, who is in some ways she does not understand the eternal word of the Father. Somewhat like my nephew treated ice cream. Not as something to be conquered and snuffed out, analyzed to death, but as something to be discovered and cherished. And all of this reminds me of a story told to many of us in seminary by my teacher and Reverend Elizabeth Miroslav Volf. Miroslav, when he was a doctoral student at Tübingen in the 80s, was, uh, was privileged with, with seeing, uh, hearing the lecture of, a, of the famous Jesuit theologian Carl Rahner. Rahner was one of the chief architects of the Second Vatican Council of the Roman Catholic Church, an utterly brilliant man. Uh, 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 both Reverend Elizabeth and I are great fans of Carl Rahner. Rahner was brilliant, and he wrote incredibly dense theology. He had a gift for making simple things incredibly complicated. You ever met people like that? He had a gift for making simple things very, very complicated. He wrote theology so wildly technical and wildly difficult. Even my brilliant teacher, Miroslav, has some, you know, it's slow going even for him. Anyway, Miroslav saw a notice posted for the lecture at the university and saw that it was entitled, Intellectual Patience in Itself. (laughs) And Miroslav thought, great, another simple thing made incredibly complicated. And in such a way that would show off how utterly brilliant and erudite Rahner was. But he was looking forward to the lecture. And when the time for the lecture came, Father Rahner began by saying, there was actually a bit of a mistake in the transmission of my title. The title of my lecture is not intellectual patience in itself. I'm going to speak about intellectual patience with oneself. Now, in the original German, that's a difference of just one word. You might be thinking in English, oh my gosh, how did they get that wrong? Uh, But it wasn't the university's fault. It's just a difference of one word. Intellectual patience in itself, in sich selbst, and intellectual patience with oneself, mit sich selbst. Just the in and the mit there, and it made all of the difference. In any case, in his lecture, Rahner is at a very old age, reflecting back on a life of having made many very simple things incredibly complicated, a life of trying to plumb the depths of the one he called holy mystery, that is to say, God. And the lecture is about how human beings are limited in our ability to comprehend God and the world. We are finite. It's what it means to be human. And we're not just limited in what we can know, we're limited actually in what we can do. Human beings are the kinds of creatures who can set goals for themselves. We can aspire to things. We can aspire to be different. Jewel and I boarded our dog, Valkyrie, uh, You know, um, <laughs> while we were away on the west coast with her family, and I. I'll just say, Valkyrie's lost some weight while Valkyrie was at doggy camp. But a dog is not the kind of thing that can aspire to lose weight, right? I love my dog. This is one of the differences between me and my dog is I can set a goal for myself and my dog can't. I actually think my dog is happier for that reason. (laughs) Right? Which was actually just Ronner's point. It was exactly Ronner's point. Ronner said that we can either deny our limitations or we can accept them. When we deny our limitations, we often take out our subsequent frustration with our inability to perfectly achieve all of our goals and aspirations on ourselves or on others. Some of the people who are most incredibly hard on others are that way because they're actually incredibly hard on themselves. The alternative is, as Rahner put it in Miroslav's translation, is to muster the courage to face the tensions between who we are and who we aspire to become. Because when we acknowledge these tensions and accept them, then we have come to have patience with ourselves. And when we serenely accept our tensions between who we are and what we aspire to become, then whether we are aware of it or not, we have come to rest on what, in everyday use of the word, we call God. Yesterday marked the beginning of another year, and I'm sorry to say another year of this pandemic. The third such New Year's Day colored either by anticipation of or active struggle against the virus that just will not go away and with which we are struggling to learn to live. And in the meantime, our lives and our history didn't stop moving. Before I left for vacation, I told Beth Ralston on our staff I said, "You know, there are many people in our parish for whom COVID-19 is not the most stressful or difficult thing in their lives. And I count myself very blessed that it is the most stressful and difficult thing in mine. Because life didn't stop happening just because we were living through a pandemic, right? We moved and we married and we died and we buried and we gave birth and we baptized and we graduated and we watched prices grow through the roof and political polarization increase and we got a lot wrong and we got a lot right. And you don't need me to give you your year in review because you probably watched one on New Year's Eve or you can watch it yourself in the cinema of your mind. You lived 2021. And if you're having some difficulty processing it, if you're having some difficulty making sense of it or where you're at in your life or who you are, or who God is calling you to be or who God is, just be patient with yourself, be gentle with yourself. You are a human being and you are profoundly okay. And if you're one who tends to make New Year's resolutions, I'm gonna hazard a little spiritual intervention here. Perhaps try to make some New Year's resolutions this year that encourage you to have more patience with yourself rather than less. Try to make resolutions that do not set yourself up for frustration with yourself later on. Perhaps, your resolutions could be more, I'm going to do such and such because I want to be healthier and less. I'm going to lose 60 pounds by the first of March. Right? And be ready to accept that you may not reach your goal immediately. Probably not going to. You're not going to reach your goal immediately. How's that? Be ready to accept the fact that you may not reach your goal this year. You may not ever reach your goal because the glory of being a human being instead of a dog is that we can cast aspirations for ourselves. We can want to be better. And wanting to be better than ourselves is glorious. It is good. And I'm not telling you don't aspire. Set your resolutions if that's the way that you aspire. Keep aspiring. This part of the human glory, but part of the human reality is that we do not perfectly meet our aspirations or our expectations of ourselves that we will be better. And it is not in striving to be better, but in having patience with the fact that we so often are not that we meet God. That was Rahner's lesson. It's not in the aspiration but in patience with ourselves that God is to be found. The God whose nature is to be gracious. Because the one who made you loves you and loves you just as you are right now. Not you 60 pounds lighter or 401K 60% larger. Loves you for you just as you are hearing this sermon today. No matter how grown up we are, we are all God's beloved children, and we're discovering a lot about our world these days, and about ourselves, and I think about God. My prayer for you is that at the beginning of this new year, you would treat it all like Jackson treats ice cream. Go at it slowly. Try it on. Take a look, and then just think about it for a little while. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just new. All you need to do is keep it and ponder it in your heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.